Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Need to Know. I'm delighted to be here and this week I've got a special guest with me from our digital team. We have Sarah. Hi Sarah. Hi Gemma. How are you? I'm good. This is so fun. <laughs> I'm usually, you know, behind the scenes and now I'm here with you. So I'm excited to be here. So Sarah, um, we have a little bit of a different episode this week. We're going to cover some trending um, stuff that's in the news right now, but then we're going to do a bit of a um, a different spin on a normal need to know. We're going to do some fan questions. Isn't that right? Yes. So I'm on the social media team and I'm always kind of seeing what people are asking. So I'm really excited to bring some of the fans' top questions to you today. But before we do that, I wanted to kind of keep in the theme of our show and talk about a couple of things that have been happening in the news with celebrities, with baking. So let's do that first, and then I will um, get into some fan questions with you. Okay, I've got my coffee ready to go, so... Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first, um, I love ice cream. It's my favorite food. I don't know if you've heard about this, but Van Leeuwen, they make the like fancy ice cream flavors, like they have Earl Grey and all of that kind of stuff. So apparently it's ice cream month mm -hmm. and it's also mac and cheese day sometime in July. So Van Leeuwen partnered up with Kraft to make a Kraft macaroni and cheese flavor. And I haven't tried it yet. It's like literally the color of mac and cheese, like that bright orange neon color. Yeah. I think they use the powder like to make the ice cream. I bet they did. I bet they did too. What do you think about that? You think, I do I have to answer that? I think you know <laughs> yes. what I think about that. <laughs> I think I do. Oh. No, no. It's a no. I mean, like, usually I would say, like, I like my savory to be savory and my sweet yeah. to be sweet. But th that's a, this is a whole other level. Like, that's not normal. I know. I'm kind of the same. I kind of like the savory sweet thing. And that's I was reading that, about someone who had tried it, like a blogger. Yeah. And they were surprisingly, you know, they were thought it was good. Yeah, but. but I have to say though, like I I see, like I go on Instagram and I see like, hey, I tried these TikTok trends and yeah. they're actually really good. It's like, are they though? I like know. really, is it? I know. Um, However, no, I'm sorry, that, that can't be good. <laughs> I know. Like it's we'll pasta see. and ice cream. We should have, we should have had one ready for you. Is there pasta in it or is it just There's the sauce? There's no pasta, it's just oh, the powdered sauce. I gotcha, still, so, still gross. Yeah, it's still like, it's the buttery milky base with some cheese. No, no that's yeah. a big hard no. I know, we'll see, at $12 a pop, I don't know if it's worth trying. Yeah, they're ice cream's expensive. Yeah, but ice cream is like $6 a tub, not $12. Craft, you know? I don't know. Nope. <laughs> okay, let's move on to something a little more fun. So, well, you know, that was fun, but Black Widow just came out. I think Kevin just saw it. Kevin went to see it last night. Oh my gosh, did you go? No, of course I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it's, it's out now. Um, Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. And then this English actress, her name's Florence Pugh, she plays Black Widow's sister in the new movie. Um, she's very cute. She's been in a bunch of movies. She has a baking show on Instagram and YouTube. And I think we've talked about it on the podcast before. Um, the name is familiar. She was in the new Little Women movie too, the one, the remake that yeah, they just did. Yeah. Anyway, you might recognize her face, but she's very cute. She's this sweet English, English young woman. Um, but she has a show called Cooking with Flo. So I was wondering if you had seen it. And um, if not, she's done a couple of, she does like all kinds of things in cooking. She, you know, does pasta, sauces, things like that, makes ice cream. But she just did an episode called The Perfect Cup of Tea that I watched. And I was like, oh, I wonder what Gemma's gonna feel about, because I know you're Irish, you know, you must have your way that you drink tea. Mm -hmm. So Florence on her episode, it's very cute. It's very like, she does it with her iPhone. It's very, you know, like, 
of raw kind of a thing. And she's got this very sassy sense of humor. So the first thing she says when she talks about making her tea is that you have to actually boil the water. Apparently in America, we all do it wrong and put the water in the microwave. Oh my gosh, is that And so she's like, hot water is yuck, boiled water is party time. Gross. <laughs> so that's- Do you a, that's do a, that? Have you ever done um, I have done that, no, I know. that's not the same. <laughs> I know. Who told you how to do that? Uh, laziness. I no, don't that's wrong. <laughs> so anyway, that's big number one. Her tea of choice is Yorkshire Gold. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of that, actually. I haven't either, but I, I am not- I stick to Irish brands of tea, mm-hmm. and, and it's black tea, and mm-hmm. that's, I do that's like just Irish what breakfast. I drink. Yeah, yeah, that's I like just Irish what breakfast I drink. Tea. Okay. And then she does milk, but no sugar, no lemon. Mm-hmm. No, you would... So the lemon... Mm, um, that's like a British thing, huh? Or like it, an English lemon thing. Lemon tea, I think, is a British thing, but... You would never have lemon and tea. It's a little oh. bit like when you'd have Earl Grey, you would never put milk into it, I think. Mm. But anyway, um, I you always have to boil. So I have a kettle here mm-hmm. for specifically just for boiling water for tea. And I have tea time like around three o'clock every single day. Mm-hmm. And you heat up your cup with um, some boiling water. And then you just like get it nice and warm and then you you pour that out and then you put in your tea bag and your boiling water and um you i'm trying to think now is there's sometimes people this this is really not right would put boiling water in their cup mm-hmm. and they would then put in the tea bag but it's just it's different it's not the same it's a different type of tea also versus putting the tea bag in first the and then putting the water and then on top. Putting the boiling water gotcha and then also um do you um have you ever seen the 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 like taps for boiling water oh yeah like on the sink yeah mm-hmm. so like we we just so we just uh got a new home and mm-hmm. we Saw that. we announced nice. that on youtube um for all the information about our new house here in los angeles so we're pretty excited anyway long story short the designer kitchen designer asked us do we want a water for hot a spout for hot for boiling water in the kitchen and i said absolutely no way because um I've had tea made out of these these taps before. It's not boiling hot water. It's it not. always ends up kind of lime scaly with like mm. a you know f- like a whitey thing around the top, and it just really grosses me out. So yeah, so no hot water tap no for you. No hot water tap for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, noted. Okay, cool. Well, that's some of our our news for today. Let's get into the fan questions because I know we got a lot of great feedback. There's always people asking, you know, on the website, various things. So me and the social team got together to create kind of a master list of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and get into those. How does that sound? Sound good. All right. Okay. First thing, brownies is a big one. Blondies is a big one. A lot of people want to know all the secrets and all that kind of stuff. So Mary Hawkins from the website was asking, why do her blondies and brownies sometimes come out seemingly raw or oily. So they're like cooked on the outside, but kind of raw on the inside. She was specifically asking about your best ever blondie recipe. Um, I just sounded like I moved there. Did you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) George is around. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you exactly what that is, Mary. Um, We had, so the 
The question why do brownies or bl specifically blondies more so come out kind of oily like they've separated? I'll tell you exactly what that is. So we get that question enough for us to take a step back and actually retest the recipe. And Rachel on our social media team um, who answers comments and everything, she was the one. I asked her to go test the recipe again because I couldn't figure out why people were having these problems. And because I've made the best ever blondies, for instance, uh, I don't know, 15 times, and I've never, ever had this issue. So I asked Rachel, being a third party, to go test the recipe. And she said to me, Gemma, I know exactly what it is without even having to test it. It is over mixing the batter. Mm. It separates when you over mix it. Same things happen with with brownies. Um, if you over mix chocolate, it can it can separate. But with the with the blondie specifically, it's over mixing the batter. So you're only supposed to mix it a small amount and then pour it in. And I know you're probably saying like, I, I don't mix it that much. It's, I don't go crazy. It, we, we, we've tested it. It's over mixing the batter. So it's just, you know, once you add in your flour, just mix it until it comes together. You know, put in your nuts or white chocolate chips or whatever it is you're putting in your blondies and then stop. This is why if you, this is... Uh, the result that you get if you overmix it is a raw type of brandy that never bakes. Hmm. So it's it's bizarre, but is that it does like make some sense. chemical reaction? Like not to get too it's deep into it. It's not a chemical it, but... reaction. It's um, but it is a um, oh, it is. What's the word? It's like it's like it's separation. It's a na mm. natural thing that happens with these ingredients if they get oh, overmixed they separate and then you end up with this kind of oily layer and then end up with a raw dough got it so that's what happens okay so just like a few mixes of the spoon so like very so few mixes mary wets the dry ingredients yeah. just enough to yeah. kind of get them together um i i have a note on the blondie recipe about this uh, specifically because we have got this comment a few times and it, like i hate when i read comments like that because i know th that there is a solution to it right so um but that's what it is it's over mixing so like it's not something you really did wrong it doesn't take a whole pile of beating to do it but it, it can happen okay good to know okay next question is from sophie on facebook this is actually something that i was wondering too we have recipes on the website for butterscotch and for salted caramel. Mm -hmm. What is the difference between butterscotch and salted caramel? Sophie, that's a really good question. What is the difference between butterscotch and salted caramel? I'm going to keep this less, not as long-winded as my first answer. <laughs> okay. Butterscotch generally is cream, butter, brown sugar. And you, you combine those ingredients, you let them simmer for a little bit, just two, three minutes, something like that. Take it off the stove and you have butterscotch sauce. Caramel is uh, white sugar, maybe a little bit of water. And then, you know, cream and maybe a little bit of butter or something like that. But with the caramel sauce, you have to create a caramel from white, from white sugar and water first get your caramel, you cook a caramel on the stove, you get your like deep amber color and then you add in your cream with to stop the cooking. With the butter, difference between butterscotch and caramel is with butterscotch, you don't have to create a caramel. You're using brown sugar, which technically is already kind of creating the, car the caramel, the flavor is already created in the color. With a caramel sauce, 
you have to make a caramel to begin with. So mm -hmm. it, it's those two different things. Butterscotch is, uh, the, diff the main, main difference, I would say, is brown sugar with no cooking. Gotcha. Yeah, with very little cooking. Okay, I actually have a sub-question of my own here. And I should know this based on how you do it, but caramel is like my arch nemesis in the kitchen, truly. I feel like I always burn it. I've read, I've seen recipes where sometimes you let the water and the sugar kind of do its thing mm -hmm. before you add the butter. Yeah. And then other ones where you add the butter kind of like straight away. Mm. But I feel like that always makes it bubbly and never really gets brown. No, I wouldn't. I've never, uh, if you're making, so making caramel back mm -hmm. to the white sugar and the water, you always get your amber, you get your caramel first, then you just stop the process you add in your cream and your butter or whatever. I've never seen a recipe that says add the butter in early. And I can say with confidence that that is wrong. Okay. We're tracking them down. Okay. <laughs> okay. They will pay. <laughs> yeah. All of the butter sticks that I've wasted making caramel, honestly. Um, <laughs> okay. Jenny from our website, and I think a lot of other people have asked this too. Why do I need to preheat my oven? This was specifically on the best ever chocolate chip cookie recipes. She even said, when I don't preheat my oven, my cookies come out tasting raw. When I don't preheat my oven, mm -hmm. my cookies come out raw. Tasting raw. Tasting raw. Mm -hmm. Jenny? Yeah. Preheat your oven. <laughs> so what does is, what is preheating do in the baking process? What? I mean, I know it's pretty straightforward, but some people, you know, they're like, oh, it's getting up to 100. I'll just stick my cookies no, in now. No, no, no. There's certain rules that you have to, to have to abide by. And I, you know, when we say bake a cake at 350 degrees, you know, cook your cookies at like whatever, bake a pie at 400 degrees. Do what the recipe says. If you don't, when you don't follow, especially with my recipes are so specific to eliminate these kinds of problems. So when I say preheat your oven, Preheat your oven. <laughs> Make a cup of tea while it's preheating. Yeah, like, there's no reason. I, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind not preheating mm -hmm. your oven. You're setting yourself up. Uh, there's a good chance that your recipe won't work out. And then, you know, you end up, like you said, with raw tasting cookies or whatever. So mm -hmm. preheat your oven. It, it's, 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 that's non-negotiable with me. So, okay. There you go. Got it. Okay. S-A or E-S? I'm not sure how to pronounce this one, actually. I'm, I think it's S-A, E-S-E. Um, from Facebook, wanted to know how to make your buttercream frosting firmer. Essay, um, how to make my buttercream frosting firmer. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of things at play there, maybe, like temperature. Well, um, my butter, so it's actually pretty firm. So that's what my reason I'm hesitating is because it's a pretty firm frosting. There's loads of sugar in it, which, which is very, it's very, like, it's a classic buttercream frosting. There's nothing too different about it. I would say, so if you want to make it firmer, add more sugar. However, you're adding more sugar. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to end up with just sweet, sweet, sweet frosting. So you can do that to make it firmer. What I would do is maybe if you're looking for firmer to decorate, maybe ermine frosting might be better for you. And ermine frosting is based around making a roux first with flour. And then you make a buttercream um, it's really firm. It's actually really delicious frosting. It's on biggerbolderbaking.com. Um, I would say, may, and that doesn't taste buttery and it doesn't taste sugary. Um, I would say maybe try ermine frosting. Yeah, I like yeah. that. I, yeah. I tried the one that you just made with the red velvet cake and yeah. 
So good. It's super yummy. I don't know why it's so yummy. Because I don't love like, I don't love frosting that's too sweet. Yeah. So when you have to start adding more sugar, I like it really like kind of buttery. I don't know. I like, I don't know what it is about ermine frosting, but like I'm, I'm really into it. Yeah. Good times. Okay. Next question. Um, so we've been doing, you've been doing a lot of brownie and cookie experimentation, lots of new brownie recipes, lots of new cookie rest, chocolate chip cookie specifically recipes out. One, sometimes you talk about like chewy brownies. I don't actually think we have a cakey brownies, but we have a cakey cookies, cakey chocolate chip cookies. So these are kind of similar terms, but what is the difference between like a chewy chocolate chip cookie and a cakey chocolate chip cookie? My brain is going overload right now because we have so many on the website. So we we don't have a cakey brownie on the website. Yes. Because Rachel messaged me yesterday and asked me, did we have one? I think she was answering fan comments. Yeah. Um, the one, the cakiest one on the website, I think, is the chewy brownie. And I know that sounds weird, but mm-hmm. it's the cakiest one I could point her in the direction of. My best ever brownies are fudgy. Like they're all fudge. Yeah. A lot of my brownies are all fudge because that's my favorite. Um, what makes a, oh my gosh. So you, when you look into this stuff, you go down a rabbit hole of brown sugar makes your, your cookie cakey. Then whipping up, like whipping up your butter and sugar first gives you a different result. Using melted butter gives you a gooey cookie. I mean, so many, so many different varieties. Um, Usually what gives you a gooey cookie, I'll tell you, you know my, um, I'm trying to think of the name. Do you remember the name? We did the cookies most recently, the chocolate chip ones with olive oil in them. Oh yeah, those were like the internet's best ever chocolate yeah, chip cookies. Yeah, that's it. So those ones were great. Those are my favorite. Um, they have olive oil in them. So adding that extra liquid makes them chewier and gives you that chewy cookie, like the gooey mm. cookie in mm-hmm. the middle and crispy around the outside. So liquid or mo- like something moist, like moisture, oh, sorry, liquid will give you that result. Cakey cookies, it's just a different formulation. Most of these recipes are all the same. They're butter, white sugar, brown sugar, flour, raising agent, chocolate. Right. Like they're nearly all the same. Um, but it's just, usually it comes down to, uh, different like formulations, ratios. different ratios mm-hmm. and sometimes different method. I have, to, I do have a cakey cookie on the website. Yeah. I remember shooting that recently and we have a cakey cookie. We have a gooey cookie. We also have a thin and crispy, thin and crispy cookie. cookie and that's a different cookie altogether. So that is same ingredients. Butter, sugar, flour, raising agent, salt. But you make it all in a food processor. And then, yeah, so you don't whip up, you don't use melted butter. You don't whip up your butter and everything uh, together first. It's none of those. You you do uh, put it all in a food processor and blend all the ingredients together. And that one doesn't have like more or less butter or something? No, I don't. Actually, do you know what? I can't. I actually now just off the top of my head, I'm not 100% sure. I'll have to check. But those are really delicious. Mm-hmm. I love those too. Yeah, the thin and crispy cookies are yum. So yum. And I usually would, I don't I don't think I get, you know, the Levan Bakery in New York, is that a cakey cookie? I have never been there. Mm. I haven't, I don't know that one. Um, it's not a cakey cookie's access. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I'm a big fan of a cakey cookie or 
Like I don't see. I I, 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 I like a, cookie. a I like a cakey cookie. If we're talking those like sugar cookies with the gross colored frosting that you buy at Vons, uh-huh. I know we. I, I don't know why I love those, but I love those. And no, I know we have a soft sugar cookie. That's we have that. a soft sugar cookie, but I don't think of when I think of cakey cookies. I picture like Google image, like those chocolate the chip puffy thick ones. ones, which just. I don't know. They're not like, why would you want one of those when you could have like a gooey raw, like a kind of a raw doughy like cookie yeah, instead? Yeah, I kind of feel that. You but know? preference, who knows? Yeah. Um, okay. I have another Sarah question to add in. I'm thinking of my okay. own questions You're as we go selfish through these. right now, Sarah. I just <laughs> I want to say that. Sorry. <laughs> but when, we're, when you're baking cookies and you're using white sugar, can you use raw sugar in place of white sugar? Does it like dissolve the same or... Is do you have to use like white granulated sugar? Do you mean sugar in the raw? Yeah. So does sugar doesn't does sugar is specifically sugar in the raw? Yes. I know Trader Joe's has their own version too, and it's like the same thing. Do they? But it's like a little bit chunkier. Yeah. Um, but it's still technically sugar. It's just okay. thick. I don't know. I've tried it with my cookies, and sometimes it doesn't like it doesn't seem dissolve. to dissolve really very well. Yeah. So, so let me let me so. Does sugar, does a more natural sugar react the same as just a regular white granulated sugar, especially when it comes to something like cookies? When it's something like that, often it comes down to, um, you know, can I replace honey in a recipe instead of maple syrup? Mm-hmm. Or, or, or I've said it like, can I substitute butter for margarine in cookies. It's like, well, they're the same texture. They're going to be treated the same way. So yes, you can. It's the same substance. It's the same volume. So yes, you can change it. So for instance, um, if you, so sugar in the raw has the texture of almost like granulated sugar, what we call, what we would have in Ireland as like sugar for tea, um, which is the same texture as the granulated sugar you guys sell here for baking. If sugar in the raw, and I know it cuts, it's similar to the same texture and the volume, then yeah, you, you can replace it. It is a little bit bigger, like you said, and it might be harder to dissolve. Mm-hmm. I, I, it is a bit harder to dissolve. Baking with brown sugars, and they don't always like, dissolve and react the same way. Mm-hmm. So they can be, so they can be a, a little, little bit tricky. like they don't melt the same way. So they they can kind of stay prominent in your cookie or whatever it is. Okay, I don't know if I answered that question for no, you. No, I think I kind of answered my own question too. And it's like, yeah, I know it doesn't really work, but I but wanted you to tell me. Sometimes it, would. it does. You know, it depends. Like <laughs> yeah. if you're melting it or whatever. Like right. sometimes it does. It just it depends on the recipe. That's why like it's hard to give a definitive answer mm-hmm. because it really depends on the situation. Like I get this question a lot. Can you? replace um uh, here's my, my carrot cake recipe can you replace the oil for melted butter it's like yeah, you can for butter yes you can if you melt it because oil is a liquid replace it with the same amount of volume that you did with that was asked for with the oil and you can replace it um for that specific recipe but it doesn't always like you know can i replace oil in a Victoria sponge, it's like no for butter because you have to whip it, and oil doesn't whip. Right, butter it's does have the whip. same form and function. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Mm-hmm. You said it. Okay. Speaking of substitutes, ris- risky. 
maybe they meant Ricky, but no, it looks like it's Risky. <laughs> this is their username on our website. So okay. Risky from the website wants to know if you can replace like bar chocolate, baking chocolate for cocoa powder and vice versa. And how does that kind of, how, what is that relationship like? So I'm going to go back to exactly what I just said, which is if it, per, like just what you said, if it provides the same function about what did you say sarah i said form and function form and function it's like so, a weird engineering term those are <laughs> <laughs> kevin will like that one um those are two very different things chocolate it's not the same form as cocoa powder and it doesn't pre pre uh, provide the same function so no that's just very simple you can't replace uh melted chocolate in a recipe for cocoa powder those are they're two they're two different substances. They're two different um, what, uh, what if you viscosities. Like, what if you like cut up baking a piece of baking chocolate and chopped it up into teeny tiny? No, Sarah, that's totally <laughs> not. That's the opposite of what I'm saying. If you're making tiny little pieces no, of chocolate. it's not powder, but it's not powder. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, can you replace hot chocolate powder with cocoa powder? We've heard you say that yeah. a lot. Can you? Yes, technically, yes, you can. But should should you? you? No, you should yeah. not, because they're not the same thing. Mm -hmm. So you, but you can't. Like it's like, can I replace a banana with an orange? No, because they're not the same thing. Right. So it it really comes down to a lot of this is, is common sense and stepping back and kind of saying, like just thinking the functionality of something. And with with baking, a lot of it comes down to volume. And and if you're going to omit something, it has to be replaced with something else of equal texture, volume, weight, whatever it is. So just think about it like that. That's why baking can be tricky. And if you don't follow the rules, and I'm trying not to be like really like follow the rules. <laughs> but yeah. uh, if you don't follow the rules, you know, you can end up with like, you, you're not the results that you were hoping for. So that's why it's best just to follow the recipe. Yeah, I think this person, I'm looking at this this actual question on the website. They're looking specifically at your Crock-Pot fudge brownie, which calls for baking chocolate, but they wanted to use cocoa powder. No, use baking chocolate. Okay. So yeah, not as, not as, not a They're substitute. not interchangeable. They're not, Not yeah. interchangeable. Right. Okay. Okay. Now we have a little bit more of a, what's the word? Existential question. Okay. Not so, not so baking recipe specific. D Mitty mm -hmm. from Facebook wants to know what are some of your hardest trials and errors in your baking that you've had? I know you've tested tons of recipes. I'm sure stuff didn't work sometimes. Do you have any like things that you were like, okay, this is this has got to go in the recipe because this was a disaster? I have to admit, <laughs> no, this is going to sound actually kind of, probably not going to come out the way I want it to sound, but I have very live a few failures in the kitchen just because I'm so good at reading recipes I've been doing it for so long that I can tell straight away if something is going to work or if it's not going to work so then even before I head down that road of getting into the kitchen and then realizing halfway through it doesn't work I already know so I will like I won't make that recipe or I'll change it or whatever I will give you a bit a, something that more I find challenging is I don't do things like cake decorating or like, de you know, decorating bi biscuits, like cookies. You know, the way like some people have YouTube channels and Instagram 
accounts where they they're like decorate, works of art. They're like they're works of art. I have little to no idea how to do that. <laughs> I remember one time we tried to make a I think it might have been back to school time. This was years ago on, on YouTube. I tried to make a a um a chalkboard, a cookie. I made mm-hmm. a plain cookie and I tried to decorate it with a chalkboard and like ABC written on the chalkboard. And it was an <laughs> absolute, like a ba- so black icing. Oh, right. And then like writing on the chalkboard. And I think like putting a little like, you know, icing apple there in the corner <laughs> or whatever. It was an absolute disaster. Oh my I, didn't, God. I couldn't even get the black icing right. Like, I would it love was, to see a photo of that. It was nightmare. <laughs> Then I do have, ironically enough, years ago in San Francisco, this, this is why I know my strengths. At this stage now, I know my strengths. I know mm-hmm. what I should focus on. I know what I should not be doing. Decorating is one of those things. But um, years and years ago, when I was working in San Francisco and I had my catering business, I was working, for, I was uh, catering in this for this tech company and they had just been Oh my gosh, they were hosting, I'm trying to remember what it was. They they kind of collaborated with YouTube and were um, like working together and doing something. I don't really remember what. I, I was just there to like cater their party. But they asked me to make cookies that resembled something that would look like YouTube. And I made like something that would reflect like either their their logo or whatever. Okay, it's like the only thing that comes to mind for me, like the logo. Yeah, no, I I did a TV. (laughs) (laughs) I made a little TV. I don't even, I don't, you know, honestly, I'll be totally honest with you. I didn't even watch YouTube back then. I don't think I'd even seen a cat video. Oh my God. This must have been in like. And look at us now. I know, look at us now. I still can't decorate, but I am on YouTube. Um, But I made these little TVs. Those photos do exist. Oh my God. I don't, I don't, I can picture it, but it's ingrained in my brain, but I want to, I want to forget about it. But I made these terrible, they were big square cookies. And I did like a, a fondant like TV screen and like mm-hmm. big red buttons. And like that was that was it. It was just it was terrible. It was all terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember my mom was really into cake decorating. Actually, she used to actually do wedding cakes professionally oh, really? for a while. Yeah. And when I was little, it was all the rage to have those like princess cakes. I'm not sure. This might have been before you came to the States and maybe this didn't re- make it to Ireland, but like they had like a Barbie doll yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the skirt was the cake. That's a, is that not, that's an old, like, how long has that been going around for? I thought that was kind of a newish thing. No, um, no. They definitely had them when I was younger. Okay. So that was, you know, and you'd like decorate the skirts yeah, yeah. with the piping or whatever. She made me, I had like a 50s party once yeah. and she made me a record cake, which was black. So we all had black teeth and it was, you know, it was not Why did you have a record cake? (laughs) Because I was having like a 50s birthday party. So we had like (laughs) poodle skirts and like vinyl records everywhere. So it looked like a big vinyl record. so funny. I know. Um, What else? Okay. Decorating, we know. Decorating, no. So just it's it's those kinds of things. Like somebody said to me the other day, um... There's one, there's one thing that, like, I don't think I'm a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I do, I do, like, follow the steps. There's, like, I'll, I'll, I'll never kind of, like, half do something. 
But I'm definitely, I wouldn't describe myself as a perfectionist. And I think that's why I struggle with cake decorating and things like that is because it takes precision and patience. And like, that's why I don't like make figurines out of marzipan. Mm -hmm. Like you see some amazing ones, but I just, it's just not my jam. What about, okay, so sourdough bread was a big thing during Mm -hmm. quarantine. Do you remember like the first time you tried to make or the first time you made a, lo- a sourdough loaf? Because I know it's very labor uh, labor intensive. Yeah. There's lots of steps. Did you ever mess up? Or were you just like, I got this right no, out the gate? No, I am. Um, so way before I made a sourdough loaf, I tried to, uh, to, to make a starter and keep it alive. And I, I would say, so every for the longest time, people have been asking me to do sourdough. The thing about it is, is that sourdough is such an art within itself. Mm-hmm. And there's so many great people on YouTube out there making incredible sourdoughs, like that, like again, look like pieces of art that um, I didn't need to be like, you know, I didn't need to be showing the world how to make sourdough. So what I did was I did a beginner sourdough. I went on, um, I followed this girl. So I did a lot of reading. I killed a lot of starters before I was ever able to make a sourdough uh, starter, to keep a sourdough alive. I, I killed a few of them because I never read into the exactly what you have to do. And I looked in books and um, everything was just so many steps and so complicated. And I just, I literally, I zone, at that point, I just zone out. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. But I found this website, The Clever Carrot. I'm trying to think of her name now. She has really nice recipes and she does focus on sourdough actually. And she had a really easy, straightforward, broken down way of how you could make and keep alive a sourdough starter. So I followed her technique. Um, it was super easy. It was so easy. When, it, when I just kind of read it in plain English for anybody to be able to follow, it just all made sense. Um, I think sometimes bakers make things a bit more complicated than they need to. And hers was just so, like, it was just so kind of matter of fact. And it wasn't as complicated. So um, I I followed that. The first dough, the first bread I made was a success because um, my starter was a success. So that was awesome. But I luckily made the the loaf. I, I, I remember last year, it was at, just at New Year's, before the pandemic or before we knew of the pandemic um, I made my starter and then I made my first loaf of sourdough just before we went into lockdown so actually funny enough I had that there at the exact right time for when people like started making their own homemade loaves of bread and start making sourdough and all these sorts of things perfect yeah I haven't gotten that down yet Okay, I think we have time for maybe one more question. Okay. Um, so this is from Anne on Facebook. She wants to know, um, in your recipes, when you call for brown sugar, are you asking for it to be packed or loose? And what what does that do? Like when a lot of times, you know, you'll see that written out. Um, how does that affect the recipe? And why does it have to be packed or why does it have to be loose? That's a good question, Anne. Um, why do you have to, or do you have to pack brown sugar. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I don't pack brown sugar. I I do it by weight. So the weight is always the same. So I would recommend 
like if you're an avid baker, get yourself a digital weighing scales. The brand that I use is OXO. It's $50 on Amazon. You'll have it forever. It's really fantastic. Uh, you go between grams and ounces with the push of a button and you can um, tear and keep on weighing out all your ingredients. That's how I get my measurements right. So like a lot of people, yes, do ask for packed sugar. And I would always follow whatever recipe it is that you're like, do what the re that recipe you're following says. And um, it just comes down to like the weight and stuff, like the weight of a packed cup of sugar is heavier than a like a right. loosely packed one. And it's also the same reason that they tell you don't scoop up flour, like pack, you know, um, fill your cup, don't scoop your cup and, and things like it, that. Yeah. But this is where like, so... There's so many different ways to do things. Everybody does think their own their own different way. So um, I would say for absolute precision, use grams and ounces. Yeah, yeah. I would say I would say go to that. And um, it all brown sugar is a good example because there's so many different types of brown sugar, like we were just talking about. Mm -hmm. That um, and they're, and they're different different textures different weight like they're they, some of them are really like demerara sugar is really heavy and sticky so um yeah i'd say for complete accuracy uh use weighing scales yeah i think i bought a weighing scale maybe three or four years ago and i feel like that's the best baking investment it I've is made. it's the best and what you can do is put your one big bowl you're making cookies put your one big bowl on your weighing scales weigh your butter and then tear it which means to mm -hmm. go back to the zero um, straight into that bowl, add in your sugar, um, you know, and you can just keep on adding in your ingredients and, and, and measuring, over starting over with the tear. So yeah. it just makes life so much easier. Yeah, you don't have to be like adding up all the numbers. And um, yeah, when it comes to breads, especially, um, and sourdough, when you're like feeding your starter and things like that, a weighing scales is really important. So mm -hmm. it's, um, you don't have to buy one for 50 quid. They are much cheaper. There's lots of good, cheap digital weighing scales out there. I um, swear by my OXO one, and they're just, they're really good. Cool. Well, that's all we have time for today. Um, thanks to all the fans who are always, you know, sending us emails, commenting on the website, commenting on our social posts. We read them all, and we try to get to them all. Um, so hopefully... For those of you who, you know, whose questions we answered today, maybe everyone else had that question too. And um, we'll answer some more on future episodes, I'm sure. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was so fun. I hope I, I, hope I gave some useful answers. I think so. I learned some stuff, so. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Need to Know. Please follow us. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Gemma underscore Stafford and then Bigger Boulder Baking on all social media. And rate and review us, please, because we love to read your lovely comments. And we'll see you back here again next week for another new episode. Sounds good. Bye.